0: for listening to the cornerstone tulsa podcast our mission is to cultivate a community shaped by the gospel for the renewal of all things if you'd like to learn more about our church you can visit our website at cornerstonetulsa.org or find us on social media and with that let's hop into this week's teaching
1: we usually stand and do a scripture reading at this portion of the service But if you've been with us for some amount of time, you may remember that when we have a month that has five Sundays, we like to hold some space for people in the congregation to share their testimonies. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. We'll hear two stories. And this isn't just so that John and I can get a preaching break. It's also something that scripture commends to us. So Psalm 107, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord share their stories. And we want to provide space for our congregation to be able to speak to the ways that the Lord has moved in their lives as something that we can be grateful to God for and as something that we can then aspire to be the bodies he's called us to be. And the two stories we'll hear today, we didn't plan for this, but they're both around the theme of community. What does it look like for us to be the community that God has called us to be and what does it look like when that's put into action? And so I hope you'll be praying for our two folks who are sharing today. Uh, we have a deep hope here at Cornerstone that we wouldn't just be a religious variety show, but that we would be a place where people can develop a rich network of spiritual friendships. And so as these two people are brave enough to come share their story, I I hope that you'll be praying for them individually and for a spirit of community to abide in this body. So will y'all welcome to the stage Madison Cotherman. Madison, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Madison Cotherman. Um, I guess a brief amount about me. Um, yeah. I grew up in Gore, Oklahoma. I've been in Tulsa since 2016, though, and attending Cornerstone since uh, about 2020. Um, and for work, I uh, I know it's a common theme that public speaking and asking for money are, like, really common fears, apparently not for me. Um, I'm
1: a fundraiser. so. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Madison. Uh, so sometimes when we do Fifth Sunday stories, we'll hear a testimony from somebody who has a very dramatic story. They were dealing drugs, and then the Lord intervened in their life, and that's not really the case in your story, right? So tell us a little bit about the ordinariness of your story.
0: Yeah, so when Nina asked me if I would speak today, um, my initial reaction was to instead send her a list of like 10 other people that were way more qualified than me to speak today. Um, And I kind of pulled back to that idea of what about my story is exceptional because I find such beauty in those stories of these huge mountaintop moments and those really deep valleys where we see God show up for people. Um, But I've never really felt like my my experience had that. Um, I was baptized as a baby. I grew up in the church. And so for me, rather than those big mountaintop moments, I've seen my faith grow and I'm finding God in maybe like the hills and little dips as opposed to mountaintops and valleys.
1: Yeah. And how have you seen that as something to celebrate, maybe rather than something to say, oh, there are other people whose stories are worth telling?
0: So... For me it's been in that attention to detail um rather than god saying hey you you know you met me as as a teenager or in a really dark time he's kind of trained me to pay attention to the little moments um a few years ago i felt this called to like set a word of intention over my year and i kind of felt like god put that word on my heart it wasn't a common word and that entire year i found that word popping up absolutely everywhere, all over my life, and every single time I would think, oh, that's God saying that, hey, this isn't this big moment, this is this tiny little wink that I'm saying, I'm here with you, I'm in this with you. So even when um, that timing of, you know, maybe I'm praying a prayer and the timing isn't necessarily what I expected, God is still showing up faithfully in these little tiny moments to say that he's with me he's got this and he's part of my story still.
1: Yeah that's awesome. I love that idea of a wink from the Lord in the midst of your life. Well as a person in your 30s living out this ordinary story what does that look like for you to walk this out in your faith and what is the Lord teaching you in this season?
0: Yeah so um, a few weeks ago John mentioned this idea that Um, I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think for probably the first 20 years of my life, I was living in that I am saved. And it's only been maybe over the last decade or so that I've shifted to that active participation Mm. of what does it look like to be in process and I am being saved. Um, So for me, uh, I think a lot of people glorify the idea of spontaneity and... um, (laughs) living life on a whim. um, That's not at all my personality. I'm a planner. I like to have a schedule for things. And so um, in my life, that's looked like building in um, opportunities to meet with God in my rhythms, my routines, and the days, weeks, and months of my life to make sure that I'm making space to Mm -hmm. meet with God. Uh, A few of the ways that um, happens. Uh, A few years ago, I started a daily prayer journal I found that if I am closing my eyes to pray, I get distracted super easily, but if I'm writing down my prayers, uh, putting pen to paper, I'm staying on track a lot better. (laughs) Uh, That also means that every night when I open that journal, I am seeing what was breaking my heart two years ago, I'm seeing the prayers God answered over the last few years, um, and able to praise him for those prayers that have been answered. Uh, a few other things I've said yes to Um, I try to come to midday prayer on Thursdays as often as I can it's not every week Um, but that space if you haven't had the chance to come I think it's at noon on Thursdays and it is this beautiful time of peace and just no interruptions with God a space for the Holy Spirit to move and I'm not good about making just 30 minutes of focused time in my week. And so that's just been this really, really lovely rhythm to get into. Um, I said yes to serving with your kids. Those of you Mm -hmm. who have kids um, know that your children are um, wild and wonderful and hilarious. For me, that is like the most joyful hour and a half of my month. And if you are looking for more joy in your life, may (laughs) I recommend serving with kids and like fully committing to it, sit on the floor and read with them, do the crazy dances that are way harder than the BBS dances I grew up on. (laughs) (laughs) But it is such a joyful time, and that was not necessarily something I was comfortable saying yes to, but has really just been incredible. Um, The other big yes for me was joining an apprentice group. So I think our group started in 2020. I always get it confused between 2020 and 2021 because it was all just kind of a blur. Um, But I joined this group of women and I remember on the first night, I felt so out of my depth because I was surrounded by these exceptional women that had incredible stories, were so knowledgeable. They had a verse in their back pocket for any situation Mm. and I felt like, I don't belong in this group. I don't have new value to hmm. contribute to our conversation because I'm not as biblically knowledgeable as they are. So that kind of led me to a newer rhythm I picked up in 2023. Um, last December, Andrea Bubert, I don't, she's over there probably. Um, if you don't know Andrea, you should, cause she's just incredible. Um, she invited everyone in our apprentice group said, hey, if anyone wants to do the Bible recap, it's this thing I do most years. It is a cover-to-cover Bible reading plan over the span of one year. There's, I think, a podcast and intro videos that kind of give you context to the different books. And in accepting that invitation, I had to admit that I had been a Christian my entire life, Hmm. and I had never read the Bible cover-to-cover. And if I wanted to contribute to conversation and be... um, Wiser than I was finding myself in that apprentice group, I was never going to become more knowledgeable about the Bible if I didn't actually start reading the Bible. Um, So I think I've been about 20 days behind on the reading plan for the majority of the year, but I didn't let getting 20 days behind stop me from continuing it. So right now I'm in a place of looking at my life and trying to make daily decisions that reflect. Okay, what decision can I make today that a year or two down the road, Mm. um, my life looks different, my faith looks different, my faith looks stronger, and I know the person of Christ more than I do today.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And for you to say that you were in an apprentice group surrounded by people who are far wiser than you, they must be very wise because I hear so much wisdom in what you're saying. And I would just commend you publicly for making decisions now that you may not see the fruit of today, but that will bear fruit in your future And just to say to everybody, I didn't know you were going to talk about Thursday noon prayer. It's been an encouragement to me to see Madison at our prayer gathering most weeks because I know as a professional, you could be doing more productive things with that time. And I'm really glad to see that you've made that a priority. Uh, One thing you alluded to there, you're speaking to, was your apprentice group. And I'd love to just hear, what are challenges to community that you see What are ways that you've seen the community that you've been a part of confront those challenges or things that you'd commend to the church that have been part of your journey with community?
0: Yeah, so my experience of community might look a little different than a lot of um, 30-year-old Christians in my experience. Um, So I am 30 years old, and I am single and don't have kids. Mm -hmm. So for me, that community is not built into my daily life. I'm not going home and living in community with, a nuclear family. For me, community is something that I've had to be really intentional about seeking out. Um, Sometimes it's really awkward to seek out community. Mm. You have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and say, okay, I'm not gonna know anyone when I walk in this room, but I'm gonna meet people and I'm gonna build community through that and know people when I leave this room. Mm. Um, So that's been kind of my my initial experience with broader community. And then the community in my apprentice group What I love so much about it is that I'm in a a multi-generational apprentice group, so we have um, women in um, 20s, 30s, and 40s, uh, women that are singled and married and have kids and have dogs and have nieces and nephews, (laughs) and we all work in vastly different fields. And that diversity of thought that we are bringing to our apprentice group has been so filling for me because Mm. it's made me realize how easy it is to build echo chambers for ourselves. If we are only living in community with people in the exact same season and stage that we are, um, all of our fears and complaints and prayers and dreams sound really similar. But when you're living in community with people that... Um, have are in different seasons than you are and have different backgrounds and different dreams and aspirations and prayers, uh, it it makes you grateful for the life you have. It makes you realize that there are beautiful and hard things in every season, even when that's the season maybe you wish you were in. Mm-hmm. But I think that diverse community um, has only served to make me a more gracious more empathetic hopefully a little bit more christ-like
1: yeah that's awesome that reminds me of paul's words in ephesians 3 where he's talking about that we would experience the breadth and height and width and depth of the love of god and this idea that i can't experience all those things in myself it's when i see through the eyes of the people around me that all those dimensions come alive that's awesome madison thank you for being brave enough to share with us just your ordinary journey and praise god for what he's doing in madison's life can we praise him (laughs) I want to take a second to pray for Madison, and then we'll have our next story. Father, I thank you for my sister Madison. God, I thank you for a testimony that many in this room would have longed for for themselves, and that they may long for for their children, or for a sibling, or for a loved one, that we would not have these huge highs and huge lows, but that we would just know that you are present in our lives. And I thank you that you're bringing Madison to a place where she can rejoice in your nearness to her in all kinds of seasons. And God, I thank you for all that you're teaching her, for the ways that she's sowing into her faith. God, I pray that she would reap a harvest of righteousness for her own delight in you and also for the sake of your glory. And God, I thank you for her experience with community. This multi generational community that's driving her further into an understanding of the ways that you love her. God, I ask that that would be a picture of what all of us could experience through participation in your body. That we would be drawn into further fellowship by the hands and feet of different brothers and sisters around us, showing us more of who you are. And I ask that Madison would be able to extend that further to others as well. We offer all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Madison, again, thank you so much. Uh, We're going to have Bryson Miller up next. Hey, Bryson. Hey. Bryson, will you give us, and Madison, I wanted to commend you on your excellent microphone holding technique, because that was good. Uh, So, a model for Bryson here. Bryson, will you give us just a quick, who are you?
2: My name is Bryson Miller, and... (laughs) and I am a first year teacher. Uh, This year I just graduated from TU um, in the spring and I grew up in Oklahoma City and kind of like Madison's story, uh, pretty ordinary story, I um, uh, grew up in a faithful Christian home with committed Christian parents who uh, loved me and worked really hard to be faithful to each other and to the church. Um, But I, professed faith at a young age and, you know, classic, I don't know that I really lived that until, or knew what the power of the gospel was until college and um, knowing what that actually means for my life. And so coming to college and uh, figuring out my faith uh, without those plausibility structures and uh, for myself and um, music ed, I'm a music teacher. I started coming to Cornerstone my freshman year um, because of a friend uh, who recommended it. And yeah, I worked at Pine Cove for my four summers of uh, college. Go Pine Cove, (laughs) gotta give them a shout. Um, So camp is a big part of my story and faith as well. And uh, now I do camp every day at Jinx West Intermediate. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: right. That's awesome. Well, Bryson, as we've gotten to know each other, one of the things that you've shared with me has to do with your attractions, and you've given me permission to ask about this, but tell me about that part of your story, how you experienced that, how you learned that about yourself, and kind of where you are today.
2: Yeah. So I first uh, came to grips with my attractions, realized that I was same-sex attracted whenever I was in middle school, and probably eighth grade. And... um, throughout high school and in middle school and through college was just a long journey of what God has been bringing me through. And I first want to say that this is complex, and yeah. it's not straightforward, and there's a lot of factors. So, um, But in high school, I don't think that I ever really admitted it to myself or um, had any real tools to deal with it, and so it's kind of just denial mm-hmm. and, um, and and shame and despair, um, but then coming to college, uh, I had a friend who shared his testimony with me that involved his um, struggle with same-sex attraction, and and that was the first time that I'd ever heard about that in a Christian context, and it just changed my life, mm-hmm. and I was like, well— there's no way that's not the hand of God because, because um, I didn't really want to be at TU uh, but God had made a way for me to be there and, um, and the connection with this friend was also the same kind of just um, a God wink like uh, Madison talked about mm-hmm. and, and then that just kind of opened the door for me to be like, <clears throat> okay, what does this mean for my life? And I can't, I can't go on ignoring it. Um, a lot of my thought process prior to that point was, uh, tomorrow it'll be better, hmm. you know. Tomorrow I'll be done with it. Yeah. Uh, and I think we all kind of lean into that sometimes. Um, so that w- began the long process throughout college, and and still reading and doing research and trying to be open about my story and. Uh, telling my family and opening up those conversations, having conversations with my friends, and um, yeah, just uh, doing that hard work. Yeah. And um, that's taught me a lot about myself and uh, God's love for me. Um, I, like Paul says in 2 Timothy, I am the worst of sinners, but so are you and so are we, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. good news. Um, hmm. And Why is that good news? Because no matter how broken I feel, Mm. uh, Jesus is there for me just like he is for you. And um, whenever I'm in the depths of despair, uh, I'm tempted to think, and Satan wants to tell me that I'm an alien, you know, Mm -hmm. or that I'm other. But uh, whenever I realize that Christ died for you and for me because of the same depth of sin, then that makes me realize that I have brothers and sisters who, are, who, are, who have the same sin problem. It just looks a little bit different on the outside. And so my attractions can't and my sin often can't hide with some shiny uh, veneer mm. or it doesn't look really shiny on the outside. And so God has placed those boundaries in my life um, and I've realized how much the God of culture is sex, Mm. and how much the God of culture is marriage. Um, And uh, Jesus asked me the same thing that I think he asks all of us, is that um, just like the rich young ruler, he wants us to give it all up. And and I feel that in maybe different ways than some people. Um, He wants me to give it all up. And just like Mary, he asked me to leave everything that I value at his feet. Mm and uh just like paul he says my grace is sufficient for you yeah. and i've prayed more than three times <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and god hasn't chose to heal me miraculously in a moment and he says that my grace is sufficient for you yeah and um and c.s lewis says that uh, god doesn't just want a cottage you know we invite jesus in and we expect him to do a a renovation here or there or um change a window or hang up some new curtains but then we find that he's kicking down walls and (sighs) he is uh moving the studs and we're like god what is happening and he says i didn't want a college i want a palace Mm. and i intend to live in it
1: yeah bryson if i can just pause and say thank you for sharing Because, like you just pointed out in your own story, it wasn't until college that somebody else was able to speak into experiencing something that you had experienced that was creating shame in you, guilt in you. And I just want to recognize this may be somebody's first time hearing somebody publicly in a Christian context saying, hey, I experienced same-sex attraction. Thank you for that. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also just want to say to the congregation, can you not hear how much time Bryson has spent in Scripture and in study in response to what you've been walking through, which is just a commendation to you, that you haven't experienced something and let it drive you away from the Lord, but you've pursued Him. And I'm so encouraged to know that, that every other sentence you're quoting Scripture without needing to reference it. (laughs) And so thank you for that. And you may have answered some of this, but... How do you sense the Lord Jesus is inviting you to steward the attractions that you feel in this season as a disciple?
2: That all of these questions have um, lots of answers, and, um, and some of that is I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think that specifically, like I said, if the God of our culture is, is sex and sexuality, then the the fences in my life invite me to be radically opposed to that Mm. and radically opposed to the god of our age and live a life differentiated and um whenever i was first like reading washed and waiting and um and like thinking about okay what does this mean for my life i i want to be the best church member I want to be the best brother I want to be the best teacher I want to be the best uncle that I can be and um, the gospel is applicable to that and allows me to uh, lean into the grace that follows my sin and and pursue pursue those avenues to their full extent with the help of Jesus and so that's what I want to do I don't I don't know if God wants me to be married in the future. I don't know if he wants me to live a life of vocational singleness. Yeah. I'm still working on that, but um, I trust that God will reveal that in its time. And until that, I want to be uh, radically differentiated and living yes. a life that shows that I'm transformed and just said it instead of saying that I'm transformed yeah. and being a hypocrite like sure. I've done in the past.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, and I, I so appreciate that you don't know, and we're in process. And I think there can be a real temptation in a moment like this to present it as like a past tense story. This is what the Lord taught me long ago, and now I'm finished. And, but no, you're in process. I said
2: that many times. Yeah. <laughs>
1: totally. So I just, I, I hear you in that. So I hear you expressing this countercultural commitment to either commitment to Christian marriage or to celibacy, and you're discerning what that will look like for you, what is the kind of community that someone who's made those countercultural commitment need to look like?
2: Short answer, supernatural community is, hmm. the, is the thing that I think God has been reminding me is, um, is accessible through the gospel, um, like... John talked about a few weeks ago, the conflict is staying staying in the fight and that is a mark of a supernatural community. Um, and that is part of what is necessary. And um, my, my tendency is to be uh, cynical or to be hypercritical, um, but I don't want to do that. Um, I want to Use this time to share a story with you guys um, about what the Lord has taught me right now. Um, and so, uh, through camp, I developed a friend um, whose name is Michaela. And for graduation, she gave me a copy of uh, of the Little Pilgrim's Progress. And sorry, I'm gonna probably cry. <laughs> <laughs> feeling a little weepy <laughs> right? <laughs> right
1: now, and I'm a little bit of a crier. What, so. is, what is Little Pilgrim's Progress? Little Pilgrim's
2: Progress is a version of Pilgrim's Progress that has been adapted for children in storybook form. If you don't have it, you should get it. I've cried my way through it. <laughs> um, it's awesome. And so uh, she gave me this, this book, and uh, in, in her note to me in the front, she wrote, to Bryson Miller, great heart himself. I didn't know what that meant at the time. But um, my sister, who's in the crowd, got this, uh, got this book for her son, Teddy. And, and don't cry, <laughs> take it. <laughs> and, and so I've got to read this with Teddy. Um, and I lived with Avery and my brother-in-law for the past, the past school year which was really sweet. And so getting to read uh, this book with Teddy has been really awesome. And I was, I was reading it with him on Monday night and, um, and already just like whenever I think about the gospel applicable to Teddy who is four years old, man, that just like, <laughs> that gets me that alone um, and makes me think of God's great love for him Which is the same for me and the same for us, Uh, and so I'm reading that to him, and he's like, another chapter, another chapter, another chapter. I'm like, okay, 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 Uh, and and then we get to the great heart chapter, and I'm like, oh no, (laughs) oh God, what are you doing? (laughs) And um, at at that point, uh, so I. I keep reading, and then, um, and then, Joe starts crying. Uh, this little baby starts crying in the other room, and and Avery's working on dinner, and so she hands me Joe, uh, and so I have Teddy in one arm and Joe in the other arm, and it's at this point in the story that uh, Greatheart, who is accompanying Christian and her little brothers on the journey says let me take innocence for a while so you can rest and <laughs> and Avery had just put Joe in my arms and and I said man what a privilege that I get to walk with innocence and with little Christian uh, because of the calling that God has placed on my life and and this story has many, many factors, um, and so Michaela, uh, a friend who was an encourager and spoke a word and spoke identity, then gave me someone to be in line with God's calling on my life, and then I have Teddy and Joe, I have a job to do, and uh, I was hanging out with, <laughs> with the diners on Wednesday. And and Pierce said, "Yay, Mr. Bryson's coming. We get to have another parent, <laughs> <laughs> a third parent, mm-hmm. um, and silly and funny, but uh, and true. But it filled my heart, yeah. Because um, in in life, when sometimes I feel like I don't have someone to be or I don't have a job to do, then in the community of the gospel, then I." have access to, maybe I won't have kids, but I'll have Teddy and Joe, and I'll have Pierce. Mm-hmm. And, and hospitality, living with Avery and Garrett, and um, now I live with my aunt uncle, uncle, as, as a place to belong. And uh, that is the, the story of the gospel, is that I have a place to belong. Someone with deep shame and deep despair has a place to belong. Because you guys do too. And mm-hmm. <laughs> because my sin is the worst and your sin is the worst. We're all in it together. And we all belong because of it. And so um, those, those points come together to give me hope. Yeah. And, and not just for me. But I know that life is going to be hard for Joe, But I have hope for her. Yeah. And, and I have hope for you mm. and all the people in this room. And so, um, long story short, <laughs> long story long, as is actually the case with most of my stories, um, I, I need the church to be the church in a specific way. Um, that sometimes it feels like married people don't need the church. Um, but I need the church to be supernatural community because— yeah. If I don't, then I can find the Amazon Prime version online, cheap and really easy with just a click, you yep. know? And, um, and I don't want that. Um, I don't want to go back to those idols in my life. Um, I want the real thing mm-hmm. and I want the hard one thing um, because those are the moments that fill my heart and give me hope yeah. and, and so that's what I would say. I I would tell you to read "The Gospel Comes with a House Key" by Rosaria Butterf- Butterfield because it's the best book that I've read in a long time, and and believe in supernatural hospitality and community. That um, the people need it, and and you need it, and we need to do it together. Um, we need people to belong. We need to make people belong because if they don't, they're going to find it online. They're going to find it in the LGBT community. They're going to find it at a bar. They're going to find it um, with fantasy football or whatever. <laughs> and those things yeah. um, are not; those things are not eternal. But um, the community of the gospel is.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Bryson. I'm reminded of Pete Scizero. He talks about the commitments of marriage and the commitments of celibacy, which if we're not married, we're in the commitments of celibacy. And he talks about how the gift of marriage is that we would know the intimacy in a single relationship that Christ has with his church. But he talks about in the calling of celibacy, there is an intimacy that we experience with the breadth of Christ's body. And I'm so encouraged in hearing you speak of the number of people that I know you are invested in their lives, that you're taking full advantage of a season where you have not been called to a single person. And I know that carries its own pain and baggage, and who knows if that's where the Lord will have you forever. But I'm glad that where he has you right now, you're faithfully stewarding. And I did just want to pan out for a second here because I don't want to reduce your story and your testimony to same-sex attraction. There's so much more to you than a single sin area is there anything that you would say either that the Lord is teaching you right now or a hope that you have for the church?
2: The big thing that it feels like that God is teaching me, and I'm sure a lot of young professionals can relate, is I really am bad at just delighting in God's good gifts Mm. and in the everyday, um, just sitting in and enjoying the the good moments that uh god has given me and and enjoying the struggle enjoying the the hard moments in my third fifth grade class whenever they just wear me down and make me want to cry um there there's good on the other side of that and and um i don't know why god lets us struggle uh, the way he does but um I know that he's with me in it, and, and so I can delight in, just like we sang this morning, I can delight in being pruned, yeah. and um, that's what I want to delight in, and, and then in the end, delight in the fruits of that as well. And, and I think that puts it into perspective <clears throat> whenever I'm in a moment of, of despair, looking at The greatness of my sin and my brokenness or the brokenness of the world schools are a really broken system um and and i'm really broken and sometimes it feels like the church is really broken um but whenever i practice delight and recognizing intentionally and worshiping through god's good gifts then um it counterbalances that despair and and reminds me to hope instead Mm. and that's what We're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. Will y'all pray with me for Bryson? Father, I thank you so much for this brother whom I've gotten to know over the past year of us being here. I thank you for the gift that he's been to me and my family personally, that I have a son who can say, hey, we have a third parent whenever Mr. Bryson's coming over for dinner. God, I thank you for his vulnerability in sharing. It's a scary thing to share any part of us From a public place like this let alone the part of us that we feel very complicated about in the midst of sin and shame god i pray that you would honor what bryson has done this morning in his own life that he would experience abiding and abundant peace and joy in you and god i pray for this church who's listening god i pray for those in the room who needed to hear this message because they find themselves in the same place Would they see that there is freedom and healing no matter the sin? And God, I pray for those who are hearing Bryson and they don't experience the same exact manifestation of sin, but they experience the same sin condition. I pray that Bryson's word would be a balm to their soul. That we would see that we are loved more than we could ever imagine in spite of where we find ourselves. And that's evidenced in Jesus' atoning death and resurrection. God, I pray for supernatural community to be here at Cornerstone. We need it. In order to be faithful to the lives you are calling us to live, we need you to fashion us into a new people. And God, I pray for Bryson, that he would experience that richly here and that he would extend it to others who need it. God, we thank you for him, for his life, and for all that you've done in and through him. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Well, y'all say thanks. Awesome. Thanks,
0: brother. We're so grateful you listened to this week's sermon at Cornerstone. If you live in the Tulsa area, we'd love to invite you to be a part of our worship community in person. You can find service times and more information at our website. But wherever you are, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace.